We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by my singular co-host tonight, Andrew Mertig. It's a Friday show. It's good to be back with you. How are you doing right now? Yeah, it's been a whirlwind of a week, and I guess Maggie needed the night off because she assumed that we weren't going to have a whole lot to talk about. (laughs) And then about an hour ago, some stuff kind of went down, didn't it? I guess you could could say that, right? Uh, Like Andrew said, it really was just about one hour ago. Twitter began to absolutely blow up. My phone was filled with notifications that the Las Vegas Raiders had acquired Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams in an absolutely huge trade. The Raiders are sending two early picks to the Packers to get this done. Uh, So the Packers will receive the Raiders' first-round pick, pick 22 overall, and the Raiders' second-round pick in 2022 as well. That's pick 53 overall. So uh, Andrew and I had this super clean direction for the show today, but we've blown all that up because it seems that we have something that we need to discuss tonight. This is absolutely huge. You can love it. You can hate it. But there is no getting around the fact that this is one of the biggest transactions that the Packers have made in probably a couple decades, and this move will have ripple effects for years to come. Yeah, and you and I were talking right as we jumped on before we started recording. And of course, you know, you could jump into the Twitter spaces with with Andy Herman and a bunch of really great guests and and hear about it. You can follow the Twitter conversations, whatever you want to do. It's hard to spin this as a positive, right? Devontae Adams, probably the best wide receiver in the game right now. Then you look at the money and it becomes difficult to think that the Packers could have matched that. I guess that was that's the rumor, right? That that yeah. they were willing to give as much money as as the Raiders did, but Devontae wanted out. So so how how do you analyze this from a neutral standpoint? Number one, the Packers are losing the best wide receiver in the game, a guy that had just an unreal connection to your MVP quarterback. That is 
it seems impossible to overcome that. Yeah. And then you start to really analyze what the Packers are gaining here, right? And you talked about the compensation of first and the second round pick. So that those are useful, useful players, right? Like high draft capital, yeah. no guarantees in the draft, of course. Uh, but that does give you uh, some some really great ammunition, whether you pick players there, or whether you use that to acquire other talent or move up or move down, those kind of things. I think... This also, you know, is going to free up 20 some million dollars in, in cap space. And we've already heard the whispers that that means that Rasul Douglas may be coming back. There's kind of a cryptic tweet from Aaron Nagler that we got right before we started recording about Austin Hooper. Um, so we don't really know what all of that means. But here's the way I look at it. In exchange for Devontae Adams, you're going to get at least two players you, you would expect from, from those draft picks. And then you're going to get two to three free agents that the Packers are going to be able to bring in and strengthen this roster. If you get Rasul Douglas back, now you have three really strong corners and you don't necessarily need to invest in that in the draft. If the Packers are able to go out and acquire a defensive lineman, let's say a Matt Ioannidis, a Fletcher Cox, a, you know, a really high caliber defensive lineman to stick next to Kenny Clark, that makes acquiring a defensive lineman in the draft a little bit less necessary. And so you you stop the feeling that you're going to need to press in those high picks to get needs, and you start to be able to get the best player available that can help you somewhere else. And so I think from a roster construction standpoint, this could be a good thing. I'm not saying it's going to be, right? The Packers could draft two terrible players and they could sign some guys. And, you know, let's say Rasul doesn't have the kind of year he had last year. Let's say they get some other players and whether through injury or ineffective play, they don't step up. It's hard to imagine that this is going to be a really big win, but I don't think it's an automatic loss that people have sort of perceived early on in, in the news cycle. The draft hall is huge. And I think that that's, I mean, as we're roster construction people, we love the draft. And so this, I don't want to say that this is fun, right? Because this is absolutely not fun. Devonte Adams, one of my favorite players ever to watch big fan. I wish him all the success in the world. And he absolutely earned every dollar that he's going to get paid in Las Vegas. Um, but the reality is this is a haul that the Packers got. They got a first round pick. And not only did the Raiders say, hey, we'll send a first round pick to you. The Packers were able to say, nah, we want your second as well. So they were able to get a good amount for Devontae Adams. And as you said, there is a point where it becomes more harmful than good to retain a player just to retain one player. Um, and that price, $28 million, is a big, big price. I think it's possible that the Packers misread this market a little bit. That's probably going to be a fair criticism as they tried to work out this deal maybe last year and then over into this offseason. It's possible if they would have started with a higher number, they could have avoided this situation. But it really does sound like Devontae may have had it in his mind to play elsewhere, and there's nothing that the Packers can do about that other than make sure that they profit from that decision and that franchise tag certainly gave them the option to do that. I think the other thing that we have to mention here is it does sound like Aaron Rodgers was at least aware that this situation could transpire. Um, I think that says a lot about the front office that they were able, able to navigate that conversation and still get him back in the building. I do think it does kind of fly in the face of the, Hey, we're all in mentality initially, right? For fans uh, to say, okay, you're going to build this team, but you're going to do it without Devonte Adams. 
Um, it seems a little bit odd, but I do think the value that they're going to get for this is not going to hurt maybe as much as maybe the initial emotions certainly do in this moment. Yeah, and what, one other thing. I mean, when it comes to sort of the the calculating the future of this organization, we, we've talked about it. Like, we're probably in for a rough season or two after Aaron Rodgers leaves and, and sort of ex- accepting that. I do think that there's a lot of risk. And I know you've been at the forefront of saying, like, Devontae Adams is the type of player who can really weather that aging factor because it he hasn't always been like a guy who necessarily wins with great speed. Uh, he does have fantastic quickness, of course, fantastic feet, but those are things that maybe age a little bit better. But I would have said the same thing about DeAndre Hopkins, and he struggled with his health. And, you know, it 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 age affects players in different ways, right? Some some players are like Jerry Rice and they just never age, right? Or Adrian Peterson, seemingly just never get old. And I really hope that that is the case for Devontae Adams. But you're banking on the exception of the rule there, you know, paying a receiver going into his 30s. And so mm-hmm. the Packers avoiding that contract, it, it's tough. It's tough fill to swallow. But at the end of the day, I think the thing that we need to come back to is Devontae didn't want to come back to Green Bay. And that stinks for a whole heck of a lot of reasons. But I do think that the Packers were able to make the most of it. And Mm so I would say a big kudos to Brian Gutekunst for for getting the most out of a, a situation where it could have been very difficult. Yeah, and Devontae Adams does turn 30 years old during this coming season. So, I mean, he's, he's 29, but it's going to happen during this season. And that's a wall. You talk about a wall of age, and it's usually that 30-31, you know, where you kind of start to see that decline, but also the health that kind of factors in there. This is a five-year deal that he got, and we don't know all the details of that contract. But I can see from a general manager's perspective, you're at – that beginning of that wall doesn't mean Adams is going to hit it, but you commit for even three or four years, that five-year deal, man, like there's a lot of potential there for that to hurt your team in ways. And you get a look at a first and a second round pick that can start to look pretty intriguing as you build for your future. Yeah, I, I guess I was a little disappointed that the Packers didn't, in addition, get somebody back like Brian Edwards, right? Like a really, really high potential wide receiver who maybe hasn't um, you know, met that yet and sure. would sort of be expendable given the moves that the Raiders have made. The other thing that's really funny to me, Kyle, like AFC West. Oh my gosh. Like the Raiders were like, Oh, you think we're the worst team in the division yeah. after we just made the playoffs? How about we go out and get the best pass rusher in the league and the best wide receiver in the league in back to back days? Like, how about that? It's totally insane. Who's the, who's the pass rusher that they added? Chandler Jones. Oh yeah, Chandler Jones. Yeah, yeah. It just and they traded Yannick Ngakwe to the to yeah. Colts. So it's an honestly, it's an arms race, and you still feel like maybe the Raiders maybe shouldn't have done this, right? Because they just purged all of their cap or not their cap, their their picks to be able to do this, and they're probably still behind those other teams. But my goodness, I mean, watch some fun football watching that that division out there this year. So, so you're Pat Mahomes. And uh, one week in the division, you're facing Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. The next week, you're facing Joey Bosa and Khalil Khalil Mack. Mack. And then you you get the reprieve of only having to go up against Bradley Chubb and whoever the other Broncos pass rusher is. I mean, it's sick. It's amazing. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) we probably should go back to... 
to the Packers. And, um, you know, the one thing is this this move leaves the wide receiver room pretty bare. And you're, you aren't going to enter the year with Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard as wide receiver one. So there's a whole heck of a lot of speculation as to what the Packers are going to do next. I, th- there's already reports out that the Packers have been looking at veteran free agents already kind of under the radar, right? Before this move was, was leaked to the media. Um, and there are some flashy names out there. Uh, you can argue about the quality of these, but there are free agent wide receivers available like Julio Jones, Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller, T.Y. Hilton, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, some less appealing big names like A.J. Green, <laughs> Sammy Watkins, Odell Beckham Jr., if only because he's coming off of that ACL tear. Um, and then, of course, MVS still hanging out there as well. And then there's there's sort of the trade candidates. I, they are not under the radar because a lot of people are talking about them. But, you know, potentially Tyler Lockett uh, and or DK Metcalf being available. So anyone on that list interest you at all? Yeah, it's really interesting. And I think a lot of fans are going to be clamoring for Julio and Odell because of those names. But I'm not super interested in those names. I was kind of out on Odell last year when he was available. No doubt he's an incredible player. Uh, But I just don't love the idea of him in Green Bay. And I would quickly warm to that if he did. Uh, But he's just not someone as a fan that I get excited about rooting for. And you mentioned the injury. That is something that's going to affect him into the season for sure. Julio is 33 years old. And his health has just kind of fallen off a cliff. He's played in 19 games total the last two seasons. So basically half of the games could be super valuable if he were to give you um, a full season. Especially if you brought in some young guys. Um, you know, along with him, but interesting there, the Seattle trade candidates, obviously that is exciting, right? If that was able to come to fruition, but I don't know how realistic, what that would cost, uh, lots of things there to consider, but a fun list. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. 
Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think I've kind of become infatuated with the idea of Juju Smith-Schuster. I, I know he comes with some inconsistency and a little bit of attitude, but, man, you have to think that Rodgers could unlock a lot of the potential that's there. And that takes a lot of the pressure off of, you know, if probably focusing on on having to have some rookie-wide receivers pick up a ton of slack. I would think the Packers have to bring in at least one more veteran wide receiver. But maybe it's not one of the, you know, quote-unquote big names we we talked about. It could be somebody like a James Washington, a Deshaun Hamilton, or Zach Paschal. But we have to assume the Packers are going to invest some of that draft capital into a wide receiver or two in the first 56 picks, since they now have four four selections there. Yeah, and I think if if this trade had happened yesterday, I think that, all fans would be assuming that Allen Robinson was on his way to Green Bay, right? And that may never have happened, but that would have been a natural connection there. Obviously, you wonder about the timing. Uh, with that, we know about the history with the Packers reaching out uh, to Robinson. But I'm with you that Juju is super intriguing. He's the one guy that I feel like there's a little bit of a ceiling to go with the floor, right? Uh, he's shown that he can be an impact player at times in his career. But at a minimum, he makes your wide receiver, wide receiver room just a ton better overall. So I wouldn't hate that at all. I think someone like Landry would be a great piece of someone that Rodgers could consistently trust. And uh, not to the degree with Juju, because age is certainly catching up with Landry. But I do think that it's possible that the Baker and the Cleveland situation was limiting Landry. Landry and his ability just a little bit. So I wouldn't hate those additions. Uh, but you mentioned the draft, and I absolutely think that we are going to see significant investment, maybe finally, at the wide receiver <laughs> position. Uh, but there are a few more wild ideas and names that I want to throw out there. And I need you all, listeners, to forgive me a little bit because this all just happened. I do not know what the financial barriers to acquiring these players would be. Um, but these are some trade candidates that we've heard a little bit of buzz around that I think now become very intriguing and possibly very realistic. So Brandon Cooks is a guy who's kind of stuck in Houston. And we know that the Texans aren't winning anything soon. Cook. Uh, Cooks has floated around the NFL, but maybe the most amazing thing about his career is that he's found success wherever he's been, right? No matter how difficult the circumstances, he he's put up good numbers and produced. So I'd keep an eye on him and would be really fun to put him with Matt LaFleur. Robbie Anderson is someone that we've heard connected to the Packers for years. We know the front office likes him a good bit. And this team could use some of that speed that he possesses. And the Panthers seem like they're kind of stuck in no man's land uh, with their QB situation. It seems like Deshaun Watson's not going to be in the cards for them. Uh, Sam Darnold and Anderson couldn't get on the same page last year. And Carolina drafted Terrace Marshall last year. So they've got some other bodies that they may want to get on the field. So I could see Robbie Anderson getting dealt for sure. And then my last one here is kind of fun to me. Robert Woods is now a part of a very crowded Los Angeles Rams wide receiver room. He turns 29 years old and he's coming off of an injury. But the expectation is that he is going to be ready for camp. Uh, but Coach LaFleur and Woods did spend one year together in L.A. 
in L.A. before LeFleur left for Tennessee in that O.C. job. So uh, Robert Woods would be a great fit, would be a nice veteran to have in that wide receiver room while you bring along some of those younger guys that you're probably drafting. Um, oh, and by the way, you know that the Rams are in kind of a tough spot financially. Trading Robert Woods would save them seven million dollars in cap space so just one to keep an eye on andrew i'm gonna throw one more out here just because we're just having so much fun calvin ridley okay Ooh. i'm just gonna throw it out there that in in the economy where you're talking about giving deshaun watson a suspension for we don't know right it's gonna be a half of a season it's gonna be six eight ten games probably He's going to be a starting quarterback for a team next year. He's going to play. And we know what he was accused of. And we're not going to get into that on this show. But I do have a hard time believing that when Calvin Ridley goes to appeal that and they have to weigh both of those things at the same time for his you know, gambling, that that doesn't get cut down a good bit. And we may see Calvin Ridley play a little bit faster than maybe some people are thinking. So just an idea there, you know, uh, that would have to be worked out. But, you know, just just. Tuck away a Calvin Ridley name is something that could happen. I was I was about to say, oh, you haven't heard? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've heard. <laughs> Support for the Packaday podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off in free worldwide shipping with code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. Friends, inside this package, you're going to find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, Performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. And let me tell you a bit more about this Lawnmower 4.0. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, sort of important, thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof and has a 400K LED spotlight you need for a more precise shave. Right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code PACKADAY. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that, that is, that's fascinating. I think there's, there's a lot of different ways that the Packers can solve this. But, yeah, I mean, I think you have to get another veteran in there. Preferably, um, you know, it's it should be a veteran that can take the top off the defense a little bit, because I don't know that you necessarily want to rely on your rookie rookie wide receiver to be able to do that. Um, And they have enough guys who can work the underneath in Lazard and in Cobb. uh, And then, you know, maybe Amari Rogers, depending on what they do. So uh, getting a a couple of explosive players, maybe one via free agency and one via the draft would be really nice. Yeah, for sure. So we are, you know, this is catapulting us into full NFL draft mode, right? We were there. We're excited about this. But my goodness, this news puts us there 100%. And you guys know what's fun. We're recording this on a Thursday night. And we are now exactly six weeks away from the 2022 NFL draft. So not too far away. Packers get to spend these picks that we just acquired. And if you nerd out over the draft like we do, uh, that's something to get pretty excited about. And I think it's been well documented that this 2022 class is a little lacking in some quarterback talent at the top. 
But there is a lot of other talent in this class, especially at the top, and then probably in that, oh, I don't know, 22 to 28 range as well. And so, Andrew, you've been working tirelessly uh, to watch tape and get some grades down for these guys. So I know you're not done watching prospects. We won't be for a while. We're going to be doing that right up to the draft. But I am curious if you would take some time tonight on the pod and tell us a little bit about this class at the top and who's grading out there for you. Yeah, I've now actually gotten eyeballs on every single prospect that I'm planning to grade. So my initial hey. film review is done. Uh, that doesn't mean that I'm done. Uh, probably a little bit more, right? Going back and watching some prospects that maybe um, I wanted to, to get a little bit more in depth. But um, I haven't added athletic scores yet because the pro days are still going on. But I do have my initial list of top 10 players in the draft, which are based on number one film grade. Uh, and then they're adjusted a little bit for positional value and age. So there aren't a ton of surprises, but I wanted to share them with our Friday listeners. And actually, there's a reason why we're doing this. I think it transitions really nicely into talking about the rest of the draft. Um, so you may think like, oh, top 10, like Packers aren't going to touch any of those players. Well, you'd be surprised. Players do slide. Mm -hmm. um, and in addition, I, I do think, you know, there's at least going to be a little bit of temptation for Brian Gutekunst to move up in the draft um, if, if there's somebody that he falls in love with and slides a few picks. So my number one overall prospect is uh, safety Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame, uh, who overcame uh, a little bit of negative in the uh, positional value. I don't expect him to go number one, but man, he is a rare talent. Uh, then I got two edges, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan and Trayvon Walker from Georgia, who's my nice. number three player. Very interesting. I have three tackles in a row, Evan Neal, Iquanu, and Charles Cross. And then I get my cornerback run here. Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati is my seventh overall player. Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU is number eight. And then uh, wide receiver Jameson Williams from Alabama at number nine. I'm sure we'll want to talk about him. <laughs> and then number 10 is cornerback Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson. So, you know, you get in my top 10, two edge players, three tackles, three corners, a wide receiver, and a safety. And, you know... A little, little bit top-heavy on some of those positions, uh, but there's there's certainly a lot of talent in this draft. So you are 100% correct that we are going to spend a little bit more time talking about Mr. Jamison Williams because it is incredibly relevant, and I'm glad he snuck into your top 10 here. This is fun. Uh, but, of course, Jamison Williams, the Alabama wide receiver, is the big name that jumps out to me from this list because he's incredibly talented. He's your wide receiver one. But he's also climbed all the way up to ninth overall. And I think it's somewhat unlikely that he's going to be available for the Packers to pick um, down at 28. But things have gotten a little bit more realistic. You mentioned, you know, trade up possibilities. Um, and if everything is normal, he's probably long gone. But he did suffer that ACL injury in the college football playoffs. And so you just start to wonder if he's someone who could slip down just far enough into range for the Packers, either to just take outright at 22 or a position where you would, could move up a little bit. We've seen Brian Gutekinds, he's not afraid, right, to, to move up when he finds somebody that he loves. So uh, never say never, but let's talk about Jamison Williams. What made him your wide receiver one in this class, and what, in a crazy world, could he bring to a Green Bay offense? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, he's just a crazy athlete, right? Like, he has a natural acceleration. He has really great deep speed, something we haven't seen, uh, you know, from a, a top-notch Packers wide receiver in quite some time. A really good route runner with natural hands. Um, he needs to get a little bit stronger. You know, he's light. I think at the combine he might have weighed in in, the one, like, 179 or something, but 
he hasn't been able to run, so uh, we don't know what his weightlifting has looked like. Uh, contested catches can be a little bit of an issue because of that size, but he is dynamic with the ball in his hand. So you, you after the catch, like he's fun. He's a big play machine, um, and it's rare. He he can do like he can make big plays in a lot of different ways. He can catch something short and you know make a bunch of guys miss. He can beat you over the top. So I really like his playmaking ability, um, and you know. That injury obviously is going to affect his draft stock, and we don't know. We we kind of saw you you go back two years. Jeffrey Simmons was kind of a consensus top five pick, gets hurt right before the draft, slides into I want to say the early twenties to Tennessee. It could be wrong about that. And then Tennessee comes back and does it again with Caleb Farley, who again mm-hmm. was considered kind of that top ten player slides into the 20s uh, and Tennessee's sitting there and, and nabs him. And I could see that happening again, right? I, I think 22 actually isn't like super unrealistic. Do I think he gets that far? Eh, I don't know. But um, I, I think that's the ballpark. So maybe he could be in play. You have to be patient, right? Because he's not going to be available for the preseason and probably the first few weeks of the season, maybe he's a week six kind of guy, and then um, he's going to have to learn how to play with Aaron Rodgers. But holy man, talk about uh, upside. A super fun player. And, I mean, it is. This is all brand new, right? Because when we started putting the show together, we had no idea that the Packers were going to be in need of the wide receiver that they certainly are now. And, my goodness, Jameson Williams would certainly be a fun piece in Green Bay. And I'm curious, Andrew, there are a lot of receivers in this this draft class, and maybe there's not the Jamar Chase, right? Maybe there's not the Jalen Waddle, but it does seem like there's five, six guys who are kind of stacked in here in this first round mix that now become incredibly intriguing to the Packers because without moving up, one of those guys is going to inevitably be available at pick 20 too, just because of how things fall. So can you tell me just a little bit more about maybe where these guys are stacking up for you and maybe who Packer fans should maybe start to, you know, do a little bit more research on because this is a realistic scenario for us. Yeah, it, it almost works to the Packers' advantage that there's not like a, a really top tier wide receiver. And we've seen even even when there are what we would consider like elite level wide receivers, them slide a little bit further than we thought. You know, we, we thought maybe all three of, of the wide receivers last year would be gone by a certain point. And we saw Devonte Smith slide just a little bit. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, we, we saw Jerry Judy and um, forgetting the other wide receiver who slid kind of into the teens and we weren't ne- necessarily exe- expecting that. So we could see something similar. And because there is so much depth at this position, I don't think there's going to be a lot of teams really eager to like move up and, and nab their guy. Cause they'll be able to get somebody later, but so, so much talent, right? Um, who cares what order I have them in? But I would say, you know, guys that are worthy, if if the Packers stick and pick at 22 or 28, I, we, we talked about Jamison Williams. There's Chris Olave from Ohio State, who I know you and I are really, really high on. There's Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, who a lot of people love. And then many people assume he's going to be gone by the time the Packers would pick, but maybe, maybe not. I think there's some other guys that could fall into that range. Drake London from USC, Christian Watson from North Dakota State, Jahan Dotson from Penn State, Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Uh, even like George Pickens from Georgia could sneak into that late first round or those those are players that are going to get pushed into the high second 
which obviously falls kind of in a gap of where the Packers are picking. But if they decided to move down, acquire even more draft capital, uh, that is definitely an opportunity and, and somewhere where I think, you know, we could see the Packers, if they really love one of those players, um, be able to take them. You know, Traylon Burks is a great example. And and you and I maybe at some point will argue about him because I it, like he's not a classically good route runner. He's not mm. Chris Olave, right? Um, but he is a weapon. Mm. And when you have four picks in the top 56, maybe you can take a little bit of a gamble at 28 and say, okay, we don't think this guy is going to line up and beat Devontae Adams, but he could be maybe B plus Debo Samuel. Um, Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like maybe he's A.J. Brown, right, more more accurately. And that's pretty darn good. And so that's something that you can take. But if you have to find a route runner, and and you only have two top 56 picks, you're not going to take that chance necessarily. Um, but here, I, I I think it opens up for, for them to potentially do it. If you wanted to get into... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, Sorry. I was just going to say, we don't have to fight about it today because I, I don't want to do that. But <laughs> I don't think that we have to fight, though. I The thing about Burks is I didn't want to like him at all. I really... I thought he'd be the guy that I'm like, I'm just going to be out on him. I don't... I'm always predisposed to love the route runners, the guys who are really crisp and just like... They're the technicians, and so Burks is the guy who I would be predisposed to not like. But when you turn on the film, you're like, this is a good football player. And so he doesn't win in the ways that I just naturally fall in love with. But I couldn't – that's one of the best tells for me when I'm watching a player and I'm like, okay, I don't want to like this player, but I have to because he's so good. That tells me that I'm wrong, and it tells me that they actually are good. So you're right. He wins in ways that maybe you wouldn't – take that swing on because you need a more classic wide receiver, but my goodness, like unbelievable talent, the ability to go up and get the football and the way that he moves at his size is pretty special. So I just want to throw that in there. I think he's my wide receiver for, um, but I mean like love him. He's, he's super fun. Yeah. And I mean, like I like him a lot. If Patrick's talking about 28, I wouldn't bat an eye. Um, and even though we, I kind of jokingly say some negative things about him, like he, he is, fantastic and and from an offense weapon standpoint yeah uh, would allow Matt LaFleur to do a lot of things that I think he's been kind of itching to do um you know if you if you dive into that second round I did mention George Pickens from George already I'm not sure it's like he's really hard to gauge where he's gonna go because yeah. of injury problems but um man he could be elite if if he uh puts it all together at the next level uh he could potentially slide into that second round uh you get some fun slot guys and Kyle Phillips from UCLA and Kelvin Austin the third from Memphis there's John Mechie the third from Alabama who is like a lot of upside um Wandale Robinson from Kentucky Justin Ross from Clemson had a disastrous pro day but yeah. <laughs> uh, you know maybe he slides in the third or fourth and is like a big target that could be more of that developmental kind of guy Sky Moore from Western Michigan is going to get a lot of buzz maybe could sneak into the late first I like him better as a second rounder but like really really good people have called him Antonio Brown without the off-field issues so um <laughs> that that's a fun that's comparison a good thing, right yeah, David Bell from Purdue ran really poorly, so uh, we'll see how his pro day goes. But um, definitely a productive receiver who could slide a little bit. And Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, who's going to get a lot of buzz, great blocker, really fantastic speed, uh, really he, he's he's a polished guy um, and, and could be a fun like second, third round pick that, that could come in and surprise a lot of people. So a couple quick notes here. I I mean, I love your list, and it's just fun to look through these names. I think I've watched a lot of these guys, maybe not 
all of them. Quite. I haven't I haven't seen Kyle Phillips yet or Calvin Austin, so I got to get into a couple of these guys. But you've got Christian Watson at four, and that's an interesting one to me because I think Cal, Christian Watson is going to be a player that the Packers just can't help but love. It's just a matter of who loves him the most, right? Because like the league could fall in love and take him in the first round. I think a lot of people assume he's probably more of a day two kind of a player, uh, but obviously a player that's a lot of fun. You have him ranked incredibly high, but does so much from a speed standpoint. But he's a big player, um, blocks his tail off, right? Is that Am I remembering that? He's a mm-hmm. good, good blocker. Yeah. But he also does a lot of things on manufactured touches, even as a larger player. So you don't give up a lot with that size. So I can see the Goody LaFleur kind of teaming up and loving him there. Yeah, he, he's kind of like Alan Lazard with a lot more speed, and um, you, you're right, those manufactured touches. There are times NDSU has lined him up at running back, which is weird because he's like 6'4", yeah. 6'5", um, but he, he's got the skills to do it. Uh, you wouldn't do that in the pros, but um, <laughs> the, the fact that he has like that kind of vision and um, you know that, that kind of... Uh, ability, you know, that that makes you think. Can can he take a, a reverse? Can can you put him in motion and and get him some manufactured touches? Can you throw quick screens to a guy that big? Um, and I think the answer is yes across the board. So he's a fun one. Um, doesn't necessarily. I mean, the Packers just need wide receivers right yeah. now. Um, he he would make them have a really big wide receiver room, and I think they need to concentrate maybe on a little bit more refined row runners or true deep guys. But, yeah, I mean, Watson all around, I love him. Sure. Okay, so let me ask you this one question off the cuff, totally unprepared. I think this team needs speed, right? We know that they could benefit, especially if MVS is gone. Do you have a favorite speed receiver? Maybe it's at that second-round range that you'd say – this guy gives me a little bit of lightning. Obviously, Chris Olave can do that, but you're looking at a first-round investment kind of thing for a player like that. Um, John Dotson has a lot of speed to his game. Light, small player. Um, you know, Sky Moore can move, but I don't know if he's that natural guy. Do you have a guy that you're like, that's the guy I could line up that could take the top off that I really liked when I was watching film? Ooh, yeah, there's a lot of them. Um Kelvin Austin the third from from Memphis. I, I don't I don't know that the Packers would draft him just because of his size. Like he doesn't fit kind of the the prototype that they typically have, but so fast. Kind, kind yeah. of that like he, nobody nobody in the world is Tyree Kill. I'm not yeah. saying that. But <laughs> sure. um like kind of that like B plus Tyree Kill kind of sure, stuff. Like sure. um he's primarily a slot though, so that okay. that is going to be kind of difficult to deal with since the Packers already have a couple of slot receivers in the room. Um, if, if you're talking like a little bit later, you know, Alec Pierce is one. He ran really, really well. I don't think he's like a true deep threat. I think he does a lot of things really nicely. Um, some people have called him like a poor man's Jordy Nelson. So, you know, he's got that balance and, and really good adjustment to the ball. Um, but in addition, better speed than you think. Uh, Tyquan Thornton, who, of course, ran really fast uh, at the Combine. Vilas Jones from Tennessee. Um, even Romeo Dubes, Dubs, Dubs, I, I don't know how Dubs. to pronounce his last name, from, from Nevada. All yeah. those guys are kind of that MVS replacement okay. option. Okay. Um, All right. So, you know, I'm not advocating for any of those, but if, if you could nab one in the third or fourth round, um, that would take a little bit of pressure off of, you know, what you need to get in the first and second. 
It's, it's really fun. And I mean, we're going to have lots of options, lots of names to work through. And I think a lot more that are realistic options for this team now that we have this Devontae Adams news. Andrew, should we transition uh, to a few newsworthy notes uh, before we wrap up the show? Uh, we spent about 35 minutes talking about uh, Devontae Adams. So I guess we could talk about some other <laughs> stuff to wrap it up. I suppose we could. So it is kind of fun to look around the NFL, see what's happening around the league as a whole. Uh, but we did get that important news about Devontae Adams today. But we've gotten a few more tidbits the last couple days that are noteworthy because it's important for what the Packers are doing and trying to do as they build this roster. And so news today was that Adrian Amos's contract has been reworked. Much of his 2022 salary was converted into a signing bonus to save the team some cap space there. And then Randall Cobb is going to be back with the Packers in 2022. Um, probably kind of important at this point, um, but a bit of a discount for him. He's coming back. He took a pay cut from $7.8 million to $2.1 million. There's some incentives he can earn there, but a big pay cut for him. It was a way for him to remain a Packer and avoid being that cap casualty while also keeping Aaron Rodgers happy. Um, everybody wins there. But that is not all. We also got some punter news on the show for you guys today. We get to talk about a punter. The Packers signed punter Pat O'Donnell on Thursday. And so I know of all things, Andrew is pretty excited and geeked out uh, to move on from this blockbuster news of Devontae Adams to talk about a punter. So let's get into Pat O'Donnell real quick. I am excited to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so, so Pat reportedly got a two-year deal for four million dollars, and you know, when when I took a look at him, his average, his his punt average has been between forty-four and forty-six his whole career. So super consistent, uh, and that of course includes kicking in Chicago in the weather. And his touchback rates are relatively low uh, all across the board. He's got a big leg, and we know he can actually kick in, in, in the elements. And so all those things are important. Um, but something that gets me really excited, in 2019, he had 15 kickoffs. So I'm not exactly sure what was going on in Chicago that he did it, um, at least temporarily. Yeah. But he had 10 touchbacks out of those 15 kickoffs. So that part gets me excited. You know, one of the things that has been a frustration with me is Mason just doesn't have the leg to get touchbacks consistently anymore, at least not in uh, the cold weather. And so I, I really hope that this can spell the end of the kickoff duties for Mason. He can just really concentrate on the field goal unit. Um, and O'Donnell also reportedly a good holder for Cairo Santos. So, uh, I, I mean, I don't know how you evaluate or analyze that, but Cairo Santos had a pretty good year uh, last year. And I know for the Bears, it's unusual for their kicker to have a good year. So um, at least the holding was was good. And I don't remember Cairo Santos looking disgusted down at his holder like a certain number two <laughs> on the Green Bay Packers did quite frequently. So uh, hoping for some improvement there because – those kind of things, small things can go a long ways to to fixing the special teams. Long snappers, the next challenge, but uh, we'll worry about that when they get there. Uh, oh, and a couple of other things we, we, we didn't talk about that I want to get your input on. Uh, there are a lot of strong reports that Rasul Douglas is coming back now with the money freed up from the Devontae trade. And then also uh, Aaron Nagler tweeted, and I alluded to this at the beginning of the show, that perhaps Austin Hooper was on his way. 
Yeah, so some really fun pieces here. Obviously, we're buried in the Devontae stuff, but, I mean, Rasul Douglas coming back is huge, and I really think that it can't be stated uh, strongly enough what that would do for this defense just to give the Packers the opportunity to roll out this team together with Jair um, and then Stokes and Douglas all playing together, which they didn't really get to do last year, would be an incredibly strong unit for this team. So I don't know what those numbers will come in at. It's hard to know. I mean, it, it seemed like he was willing to play for next to nothing. And then, of course, he would have had a decent market in free agency. So hope that comes to be true would be a great signing for this team and really hold that defense together. Andrew. Austin Hooper. I remember we talked about Austin Hooper as someone. Um, I don't believe you were super high on that idea when he was in Atlanta, coming up as a free agent to go, and he ended up obviously signing a massive deal with with the Browns. But um, this would be somewhat unexpected. But we know that the Packers do have a significant opening at tight end, and how essential the tight end position is to what Matt Lafleur does. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't love the idea of signing Austin Hooper for what he got in Cleveland. And, yes. you know, coming into free agency, I thought he was going to be high priced. And I I don't think you pay a tight end that unless they are, you know, one of the top guys, right? The Gronks, the Kelseys, the Darren Wallers of the world. Uh, and I think you let everybody else kind of just be serviceable and replacement level. And I think that's where Austin Hooper is right now. He He's a solid blocker. He's a solid receiver. There's absolutely nothing wrong with getting an Austin Hooper. Just don't overpay for him. And if they can get that, I honestly, at this point, think he gives you a little bit more than Robert Tunyon does, just based on what we saw last year. If you if you can tell me we can get the Tunyon from two years ago, awesome. But it, if and and there is the possibility that they would like pair them up too. Mm, yeah. uh, but Hooper is going to be really consistent. He's he's always been that. He's going to catch the ball. Um, I think you know he he played a little bit better in Atlanta with consistent quarterback play with Matt Ryan. Struggled a little bit more with Baker Mayfield. I think you get Aaron Rodgers uh, in the room with him, and uh, I think things look a lot better. Yeah, and I, I think it does absolutely. Um... It lessens the sting of the wide receiver problem if you can add another pass catcher in at the tight end position. But realistically, in this whole conversation, the Packers are just going to run 12 personnel. Let's be real. 13 personnel all season next. Like, this is what's going to happen. It's going to be all tight ends, no receivers, right? Is that what we're looking at? Gronk, Gronk is still a free agent, right? That's true. We could add Gronk. Yes. Yeah. All the There's tight something. ends. Yeah. Great. Well, we made it through the show. Uh, you and I have joked uh, before that we always get stuck with these really tough topics, right? We, we found out live on the air, Bakhtiari tore his ACL. Uh, we, we had to help people cope through the Jordan Love draft pick. Uh, even going back to Rashawn Gary, people were pretty negative. Gary yeah. and Savage. Uh, we had to talk to people after the Packers lost in the NFC Championship game yes. to the Bucks. So yes. we've had some doozies of shows. Uh, <laughs> this one will definitely be added to the list, but hopefully we helped uh, talk you through some scenarios that will help you uh, get through that. And uh, we managed to do it somehow without Maggie, who obviously is the most talented of the trio of us, but uh, is probably off doing packs, which she said uh, as they they move to, uh, I'm sure, cover this story as quickly as possible. So uh, shout out to Maggie and uh, big, big thanks to Kyle for 
carrying me through this episode, but that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please consider subscribing and giving us a five-star rating. We'd really, really appreciate that. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every Friday, and next week we'll be back. I think it's Maggie and myself only, uh, and we'll have a special guest appearance Uh, So look forward to that. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.